Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. It is 418 on Wednesday, June 16th. As me and Bryson are off location today, while well, we are out here at the Okivanoki Country Club Pool. Um, we work out here and Bryson's working and I was really bored, so we decided a podcast was the optimal way to pass the time. Um, as always, my name is Evan Smoke. I am the resident fire here on the podcast. I will be an incoming UGA second year this fall. To my right is the local ice, Bryson Wheeler. He will be attending Georgia Southern in the fall. How are we doing today, Bryson? Doing great besides my almost right this morning, but just missed, so we're fine. Well, that's very good. Glad to hear that. Um, not a bad day at the pool from what we were talking a little bit off air. Uh, kind of unlike my day yesterday, but a paycheck is a paycheck. Absolutely. So all things considered, we're going to dive right into the trivia questions. We are both one and two um, as we move into week four. Of hey, the we ain't got to worry questions. about the losses. We'll just say we both have one point. We both have one point. Uh, that is true. So, Bryson, you seem really eager to tell me your trivia question, so I will go ahead and let you start with that. All right. Well, my future roommate, Noah Hall, I'll give him a shout-out here because he wanted one. But – um. He gave me this trivia question yesterday, and I actually did get it correct. So I'm hoping you can follow up with the same. So in 2017, UCF went undefeated, correct. but did not win the national championship. Sorry if you, there's any UCF fans out there who think you did. You did. So who was the the team before them that went undefeated but did not win the championship? The most recent team before that 2017 UCF. Hmm. So, and an extra point if you can tell me the coach and quarterback of that team. So, two points possible. I did not. I got the coach right. Did not get the quarterback. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I'm shooting right here in the dark. But I feel like this is uh, just not it. Um, I'm going to go with the 2008 Boise State Broncos with Coach Chris Lake and Kellen Mond. Very, Not Kellen Mond. Very close. But, um, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, yes. yeah. I, I was between that team and 2010 TCU. That's who it is. Mm. Gary Patterson at coach and Andy Dalton at quarterback. Andy Dalton. Yes, so that that was an interesting question. You almost had it. That that Boise State team, I'm not sure if they did go undefeated or if they did lose one, but – they were a really good team, and Kellen Moore, he's still with the Cowboys, is he not? He is the offensive coordinator. Okay, so I love his great offensive mind, looking for the Cowboys to do some good things this year. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty play in the uh, Fiesta Bowl will always be one of the most Absolutely. iconic plays. But yep. um, on the reverse side, um, last night Kevin DeBrant went absolutely cool. off for 49 points and a triple-double. Mm-hmm. When was the last time a 40-point triple-double was achieved in the playoffs? It's recent. Okay. Before last night, right? Before last <laughs> night, yes, yes, yes. Before last night. It is recent. Mm. It is when the, it's, in, it's within the last two playoffs. Do I have to say the player? Just the player. I don't, it okay. doesn't have to be the game or the series. Just the player. Well, I'm bet- just off the bat, just since you're saying the last two playoffs, I know Jamal Murray went crazy last year in the bubble and the dude for the um tj warren wasn't that his name for the pacers but that's not the playoffs i will say that okay that was just the bubble that was just the bubble uh last 40 point triple double in the nba playoffs 
I mean, names like LeBron comes at me, but I feel like that's too easy. I, I want to go with my gut. I know Jamal Murray cost me a lot of money last year in the playoffs, so I'm going to go Jamal Murray. No, it's not. Um, kind of right with the LeBron vein, Game 3 2020 NBA Finals, Jimmy Butler had a 42-point, uh, 11 okay. assists, 10, 10 rebounds. Game 3, it's where the famous photo of him uh, is on the sideline in the bubble, you know, because he gave it his all. Um, I got you. So, yeah. So, one point each still. <laughs> but, all right. So, let's dive into – let's just stay, stick on the topic of basketball. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the NBA playoffs and talk about that. Give an update real quick. So, as things sit, 4-23, June, uh, June 16th, there's seven teams still active in the playoffs. Um, there's four – we'll talk about the team that has already been put out, punched their ticket, a the Chris Paul-led Phoenix Suns are in the Western Conference Finals after a sweep over the MVP, uh, Nikolai Jokic, and the Denver Nuggets. Um, a series that could have been so much more, not hindered by injuries on both sides. Chris Paul was still banged up. Jamal Murray, like we just said, is not playing You know, due to an ACL tear at the end of the regular season. Um, and let's just dive into that. Um, the Suns... They're kind of surprising. Now, we thought they were going to be really good, but to, a 4-0 sweep into the Western Conference Finals is something that's very, uh, you know, dazzling for uh, for at least Phoenix fans in the outside world. Uh, talk a little bit about that, you know, your initial reaction to, you know, that statement. Well, I mean, look, everybody can ha- – I know Noah hates on it. I'm pretty sure you even hate on it. But Nikola Jokic is the best center in baseball still. I ain't good at basketball, my bad. <laughs> but, um – He's a really good player, but he has no supporting cast right now with Jamal Murray out. Their guards, I think me and you could play guard for We them. probably could. And so that, that just really hurts. But talking about the Suns, they have really surprised me. Chris Paul, I think most of the credit should go to him right now. Is he the best player on their team? No, it's Devin Booker. Absolutely. Is he the most valuable and most going to help them win the most games? Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but speaking of the other – uh, Western matchup right now, the Jazz and the Clippers. With Kawhi out right now, I think that opens up the door for the Jazz to take that series pretty handily. I, I think so, too. Uh, two big announcements came out of the NBA office today. Uh, Chris Paul has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, it's very shocking, very inopportune time. Um, depending on how asymptomatic he is, he is somewhere between 7 to 14 days in quarantine. Um, if the series was to stretch to 7, um, in the Jazz series, there's a chance Chris Paul is back, you know, only missing one game or back in time for game one, depending on when that was to start. Um, I don't know the schedule right off the top of my head, but um, that's a big loss for the Phoenix Suns. Um, I, I would assume, you know, like we talked about, Kawhi Leonard has a possible ACL injury already out tonight. Never been announced, but almost positive he's awesome. going to yeah. be probably out the rest of the series. Um, so with maybe that team, even farther if they somehow advance without it. Yeah, know. exactly. Um, and if it if it's an ACL injury and it's a tear, he's done. He's not going to be ready for the beginning of next year either. Yeah. You know. So now we're looking into long term Clippers um, playoff implications, team implications. That's a very big loss for an injury that didn't really look that bad um, when it happened a couple nights ago. But it's a two two series now out there. Um, we're betting on the odds that the Jazz win the next two. So. 
that would play that would game tonight, game Friday, and then game one of the Western Conference Finals would start Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, because it's one. I don't think there's I don't think there's any more than one day rest in between games until the NBA Finals. So with that being said, you're looking at possible two to three games without Chris Paul. Yeah, that that's definitely gonna hurt them because if you're looking at the Jazz winning that series. It, I've said the Jazz would win it even if Chris Paul's healthy, but if he's out, I could see the Jazz finishing them in five or six. Yeah, it could be a it could be a quick series depending on how much Chris Paul's out. But don't don't count out the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they did defeat the Lakers with a very hobbled Chris Paul. Now the Lakers weren't at full strength, I will say that. But LeBron and Anthony Davis were on the court at two or three games of that stretch, and Phoenix was able to win um, one of those. So that's you know, it's not impossible, but it does. De- definitely hurt their chances moving forward you know you know western conference finals and possible nba finals if the suns were able to make a quick run at the jazz itself um time time is time you know nothing's going to change uh dates and calendars um chris paul is out you know for at least seven days with that with the risk of 14 yeah but if chris paul does play the whole series let's say let's say you know the this series gets pushed back he plays the whole series I think this game, it goes six or seven, either, and I could see it going either way. I'd still take the Jazz, but it, it's going to be a really competitive series. It definitely now, is. Now, if you flip over to the East, you've still got the Hawks and the 76ers, and I think us two are both going in separate ways on this series as well. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the 76ers finish them off the next two games, while you're saying Hawks and seven, correct? Um, I want to say that, but there's there's just really a deep part of me that says if we can't win the next two, we're not going to win. I don't I don't know if our team is built to go into a hostile Philadelphia in a game seven with, at that point, Joel Embiid's probably going to be fully healthy if he doesn't retweak it. Um, you know, that's going to be a really tough task to ask Trey Young, especially without DeAndre Hunter, who's been out this whole series with, you know, who's our major defensive key piece. Um, but... I would not be surprised. This is my thing. I think whoever wins tonight wins the series. I think game five is huge because if game five happens, you know, and if the Hawks go to Philadelphia tonight and steal game five, you know, it's going to be a really tough task to ask Philadelphia to go home to Atlanta and win. But at the same time, if Philadelphia wins, they just have to win one of the next two. So even if they do were to, you know, lose in Atlanta, they get game seven in Philadelphia. Um, tonight's going to be really big. Um, this is probably the game that decides which way the series is yeah, going to go. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just I don't know who to pick tonight. You know, I mean, it is Game Five on the road. You, you're definitely going to favor Philadelphia, but I don't know how I think it, Philly's a four and a half point favorite. I just I think that's or four I, or four six. I don't know how healthy Embiid is, man. You don't go over twelve in a second half of a crucial put away game. You know, where he couldn't jump really. You know, you saw him hobbled. He had to go to the locker room. That's a big question mark going into tonight. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I don't really want to say anybody because I'm really torn. Like, I, I really – that game is a toss-up in my head right now. I have no leaning either way, especially with the Embiid injury that I saw, you know, in the second half. Speaking of the other series, though, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. That, so, we're watching the Braves, though, the Nas along with that game. And I'll flip it over to the Braves real quick. And Evan and Isaiah start yelling at me, why are you watching this? This game's over. I said, the other game's over. Have y'all seen Kevin Durant? 
And to the testament, Kevin Durant did have to make some really hard shots in the last couple minutes to put it away. Did you expect him to miss any of them, though? Yes. <laughs> I sure didn't, the way he was playing. My like one goodness. shot where it was like a shot clock violation almost, and there's about and he's just like, throws it up. And he's just throwing it up, and it's nothing but net. There's nothing that the Milwaukee could have done differently. Um, and now Milwaukee's on the ropes. In, in a series, we kind of you know, pushed away, said Milwaukee's got this. Kevin Durant proves that he is the best player in the league. And he takes game game five. Now, I think this game goes to seven. I, I wouldn't bet against Probably. Milwaukee at home, you know, next time. Especially as you can t- – because as much as I don't want to bet against Kevin Durant, I, I would be highly shocked if we get a similar I don't think he's going to put up, what, 49-17-10. and 10. Yeah, I, don't I don't think he's going to have I'd, that. I would be very yet. shocked if I got a similar uh, performance out of him tomorrow night. So yeah. I, I, would take, I would take that game in seven, probably the Nets at home. Um, I think I'd put the Nets in six or seven as well. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be really interesting. Nets going to probably move on to the Eastern Conference Finals, and whoever they play against, whether that be Philadelphia or Atlanta, is definitely going to have their hands full because they should have. I would pick the Nets to win as long as two of the three are healthy. That's what I'm saying. And and you would, I mean, Harden's already back. Kyrie's not going to miss. You know, Harden's only going to get better. You know, yeah. Harden played terrible, and they still won. So I mean, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're definitely going to be fine there. So, a lot of action still left in the NBA playoffs uh, as of right now. I don't know who I would take to win the title. I, I guess the Nets. I beat the Nets. You know, but you know, there's a couple injury concerns on their part. You know, that could create you know a drama. Like, I saw a meme today, and it was like, um, if Utah and Milwaukee makes the finals, and it's just ESPN covering Space Jam too. <laughs> you know, and and if that happens, you're really going to have to see the league push marketing. Yeah. You know, because as much as Donovan Mitchell and Giannis are great stars, they they're not going to draw attention yeah. uh, like LeBron or Kevin Durant. Who was. wants to watch the Suns? I mean, yeah. the only people who, who wants to watch the Jazz. Yeah. I mean, nobody nobody's going to be oh the Jazz are on tonight. Let's yeah. turn it on and Let's watch. Turn it on. Yeah, now Le- when LeBron plays, when it, Kevin Durant, it's on, watch Steph Curry. Yeah. I, most people right now would rather watch the Warriors than the Jazz. Yeah, that's just how it is. It's just it's a popularity league. Yeah. Um, but you know enough about basketball. We'll switch over to uh, you know your best center in baseball. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about baseball. You know, there's a lot of things going on in baseball right now, um, and there, we're really seeing the emergence of some of tomorrow's you know Hall of Famers. I mean, Ronald Acuna is playing great. Fernando Tatis is playing great. Um, Juan Soto is playing great. Vladimir Ju- Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is playing great. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are turning that corner to become, you know, for lack of a better word, the next Mike Trout. You know, so talk a little bit about that. This is your expertise. You know, really dive into the resurgence of these guys here in baseball. Well, yeah, I want to talk about just all the young stars and how good of hands baseball's in right now. You think about it. You've got Acuna, Vlad Jr. Tatis, Shohei Otani, all these guys are – I'm not sure about Otani's age. I mean, he's still 23, 24, I think, but I'm not sure his correct age. But all these guys are 25 and under. I mean, that's just crazy to think that right now the number two and three MVP in MVP voting in the National League are Tatis – okay, Otani's 26. Seven just looked it up. Still really young. Yeah. So, in the National League, you've got Acuna at two and Tatis three probably in MVP voting, and they're both 23 and younger. 
in the AL, you've got Otani and Vlad Jr. leading it. Vlad Jr. probably leading it. He's 22, I think, and Otani 26. So you've just got some young, great talent. You look at the pitching. Uh, we'll go to Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. He's 8-1 on the year, I think. He's 25, 26, really young. The Walker kid Walker. from the Mets is not, not too proud. Tom Walker. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Walker, though, Walker Bueller for the Dodgers, mm-hmm. really good young pitcher. Max Freed for the Braves. Mike Soroka when he gets back. Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson. I mean, you're just seeing a resurgence of young players and not these old veterans who are taking over the lead. Like when you look back five years ago, Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, Robinson Cano, Mike Trout. Nelson Cruz. I mean, Trout was still young, but not 22, 23. Yeah. Nelson Cruz. All these guys were. You know, in their upper 20s, mid low 30s. And they used to say that your prime in baseball was from 28 to 32. Now, I don't know if these guys are just going to – if they hadn't hit their prime, yeah. it's going to be scary when they do. Oh, absolutely. They're so going to be able know. to compete with some of the all-time records. So, I don't know if the prime is getting lower or just players are just coming into the league so much better right now. Yeah, and you know we want to talk about Otani's age. Otani's this is his third season, second or third. It's not. It's third or fourth. Yeah, he didn't play much the first year that he so, was there. You know, third full season. He's still we'll really call young. It that. You know, it's very interesting to see him. You know, progress into that Babe Ruth style player that you know he was promised to be as he came over from Asia. Um, so that's really something to talk about. We got to keep our eyes on that. You know, in a couple of weeks we'll be talking about our picks to win divisions and t- and you know awards. You know, as we move closer, you know, into August, September, July, you know, for the push into the playoffs. So, that you know, a lot of those names are going to be keep coming up. Oh, yeah. But before we flip off baseball real quick, Braves, go get you some bullpen help, please. We gave up. If you want to count the run, now it would be credited to uh, our starter last night. Tucker but, Davidson. Yes, Tucker. But when – Newcomb came in. He gave up one. Now, he did a really good job getting us out of jam. That one would go to Tucker. But the bullpen still gave up five last night. Now, I know that extended time. They pitched six and a third or something like that. But you, you've you got to fix the bullpen if you want to even come close to winning the division. So, go fix the bullpen. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to make a – you know, we've got – you know, AA talked about it the other day. We have flexibility at the deadline, you know, to go acquire some cap space, big pieces. But, like – I don't even want big pieces. I just want bullpen. I don't want to go sign Mike Trout. I don't want to go sign Walker Bueller Shohei. I want some bullpen help. Because if you get healthy in September, when if you get Soroka back, you get Enoa back, you get Darno back, you can be really good if you have a good bullpen and have stayed afloat through this stretch here. Absolutely. So you know, as much as we want Darno back. Bill Contreras played really well. Oh, yeah, my boy Bill, William. But, uh, yeah, so the Braves are still fun to watch, but, they man, they make you mad when that bullpen comes in. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we're going to switch over to football. Uh, so, you know, it's midsummer. There was a 7-7 seven seven tournament out at Ware County High School today. You know, some great football action. And with all that being considered, we're 80 days away from college football, Bryson. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. We've compiled a list of the top ten games to watch, a.k.a. games with the biggest playoff implications. Um, we haven't really talked about the 12-team playoff. We'll save that for another day, I guess. But um, we're going to start off. I'm going to list the name. I'm going to list the game we put it at with the ranking, and then you're going to talk about it. And we'll Start go. at 10. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so number 10, we have the Cincinnati Bearcats on the road versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You know, Cincinnati's defense really surprised me last year against y'all. I, I knew Cincinnati was a good team, but I did, I, and I thought they were going to be a little more firepower on offense, but their defense was really physical. I don't remember the kid's name. That number 12, I remember all game we were just like, who is this kid, and where is he getting drafted in the draft? And I'm pretty sure he returned. So pretty sure he did too. I, this Cincinnati team is going to be really good. And against a Notre Dame team, we know is always going to be solid. They got Jack Cohen, the transfer from Wisconsin quarterback. So I think that game's going to be really good and have huge playoff implications. The winner of that t- game, if they go undefeated, has a really good shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, they could definitely be a party, you know, a party pooper and sneak in absolutely somewhere. Number nine, another Notre Dame game. North Carolina's on the road in the South Bend to face the Fighting Irish. Well, Notre Dame's finally got a, a schedule to work with. North Carolina comes into town. Sam Howell, arguably the best player in the country, arguably the number one draft pick next year. Can he go to South Bend and beat them? I don't think so. I wouldn't pick it right now. But I think it's going to be a really good game, fun to watch. Who's going to win? Notre Dame's defense, Kyle Hamilton at safety, going to be a first-rounder versus Sam Howell at quarterback. Which, which firepower is going to win? Yeah, and we talked about Sam Howell being the number one pick. If, if, if he is, this is the game. If you go to South Bend and you put up big numbers against that defense in their house, you're going to start turning to NFL heads. Absolutely. Number eight. Alabama Crimson Tide on the road into the 12th man College Station, Texas A&M Aggies. This is going to be a tough game for Alabama. College Station's always a really hard place to go into and win. But I think with the insurity at quarterback for A&M and just Alabama being Alabama, their defense is going to be really good. Getting Henry Toto at linebacker, huge help. That's, that's probably the most underrated move of the offseason. People don't understand how big that is going to be. He may be the best player on their defense. And that's saying something with Josh Joby at cornerback, who's going to be a first-rounder probably. So I think that game is going to be huge implication. Now, Alabama, I'm sure, wins, but huge playoff implications there. Oh, yeah, because if A&M could steal a victory, you know, it's going to be not only could they steal the SEC West, they could steal a berth in the college football playoff, you know. Because if, if they can beat Alabama, who else is going to beat I mean, that's kind of the deal, the way it's always been. But, you know, Saban's never lost to an assistant, and I don't know if Jimbo Fisher's the guy to finally do it. I'd pick Alabama, but watch out for that game. Um, next Notre Dame game. This one's actually not in South Bend, though. A Notre Dame neutral site versus the Wisconsin Badgers in Chicago. We know, I was listening to somebody talk about Wisconsin yesterday. I think it was on the Daily Wager. And he was talking about how underrated they are right now. He was saying they are possibly a top-10 team coming in. They've got that Graham Mertz kid at uh, quarterback who came in looking like the next Tom Brady. Yeah, we talked about him last year at the beginning of the season. I was really high on Graham. But then he finished the season. I think it was his last four games he had one touchdown to five interceptions. Yeah, he had a really rough stretch going down the end. So which Graham Mertz are we going to see against that Notre Dame defense? And that's going to tell. Yeah, it's going to be really huge. Um you know, number six, we go back to Alabama. Alabama on the road in the swamp, Florida. Now, look, this is week three. I don't think Florida's going to win. I don't think we have a good chance. But it's in the swamp, under the lights. You never know. I, look, 
don't get me wrong, I'm picking Bama. But it's got huge playoff implications. If Florida can win that game, we can still lose to Georgia and probably get in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, that's a that's the big um how do I say it? Uh I can that's the I can lose the Georgia free card game. Yes, I think yes. so. You know, for especially both ways, banking that Georgia makes the SEC championship. Yeah. Um, so, really big game, really, you know, weird game, you know, week three, you know, to have a matchup that early. It is because you've got Bryce Young at quarterback for Bama, who that's going to be his third start. You've got Emory Jones, who does have experience so far, but not much, and he's never started a game to my knowledge. Especially so, never a game to this hype. Yeah, that's going to be his third start, so – which young quarterback is going to be able to play under the lights? Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting time. Now, top five. Another game for Notre Dame in South Bend. The USC Trojans come to town to play the Fighting Irish. Notre Dame wins again. I think I think Notre Dame's best chance of getting beaten in one of these is Cincinnati just because of the physicality that Cincinnati's going to bring. But USC, we never know about them. They one year they're a top ten team, the next year they're gonna go four and eight. Yeah, Clay Hoden's been a very inconsistent coach. It's kinda hard to pick those guys, especially after a couple of down recruiting years out there. Um, it's gonna be a very tough task to ask of the Trojans, but hey, you know, I don't trust Notre Dame. Never will, never have. I agree. Um, so very good game, you know, could have possible playoff implications. Especially more for Notre Dame than USC, but you know, just the name brand, you know, makes it that big of a game. Um, number four is the la- world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville. Georgia plays Florida. Florida. Georgia looking for some revenge after last year. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really good game this year. People, look, I think people are sleeping on Florida's offense. This is the highest rated quarterback Dan Mullen has ever had. Ever. Correct. Higher than Tebow. Higher than Leak. Higher than Alex Smith. Higher than Dak Prescott. Higher than any of these quarterbacks that he's produced. And people are just trashing Emory Jones. Do I think he's going to be the next Kyle Trask? No. Do I think he's going to be the next Tebow? No. Do I think he can be a top 10, 15 quarterback and lead our offense to another top 10 offense in college football? Absolutely. So I think, I look, once again, I would pick Georgia to win this game right now. But I think it's going to be a close one. This rivalry always brings out the best of both teams. It's going to be a Teams great can one be to watch. Six. This, this is the only game. I went to the game in, I think it was 2014, where we weren't ranked and y'all were ranked ninth. And we beat y'all 38 to 20, yeah. I think it was. So you yeah. just never know. You never know. Game. And I think this is going to be the, the, the test, uh, you know, outside of week one. Uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. But I think this is going to be the real defensive backs test. You know, we got a lot of defensive backs to transfer in with, you know, Deion Kendrick from Clemson, uh, Brandon Turnage from. Alabama, Tyreek, uh, Tyke Smith from West Virginia. You know, you've rejuvenated your uh, your back line. I mean, excuse me, your back four. You know, after having all four, you know, get drafted or signed somewhere this offseason to the NFL. So, going to be a really big test for those guys. You know, hopefully they'll have a couple games. That, you know, they'll definitely have some experience by then. But, you know, first real, you know, test where they have some seasoning under them. All right. What are we at? Number three? We are at number three. The Oregon Ducks go on the road into Columbus to face Ohio State. I'm going to have a bold prediction. Oh, <clears throat> I'll pull out a bold prediction right here. Bold prediction. Oregon beats Ohio State week two, correct? It's two or, or three. three. Two. Can't remember. I think it's week two. They beat them week two and make the college football playoffs. 
It's a very bold statement considering the last time the Pac-12 made the playoffs been years. But this Washington Oregon, when they got killed to Bama in the first round, is yeah, that correct? I believe so. But this Oregon team is special. The Ohio State team is down, you know, their their version to of their down. down. Yeah. yeah. Their version of down. So could be a big matchup, um, you know. And look, I don't even know if I really believe that bull prediction. It just sounds fun and it's something fun to just say right now. Absolutely. They've got the are him Stingley or Thibodeau are the best defensive player in the country for Oregon. So you know they've got men there. They've got Justin Flo at linebacker. They've got some big beasts on that defense, and you know their offense is always going to be good. It's yeah, absolutely. You, you just, you just got to hope that some of those young guns for the Ducks, you know, you know, to pan out like, you know, Mario Cristobal wants them to. Uh, now number two, I think this might be my favorite game on the list. Um, it's Iowa State on the road into Oklahoma with the second to last week of the season. Look, we talk. We argue this yesterday for hours. Oklahoma is underrated. Not, I, well, I'm not going to say underrated because people do have them. Oklahoma is legit. They are not the overhyped Oklahoma team that they are every year. They are legit. This defense is going to be a top 10, 15 in the country, believe it or not. This offense is going to be top 10 or 15 in the country. This is a top three most complete team in the country. And I think that Oklahoma actually beats them by at least double digits in this game. Yeah, I, I would be very shocked to see that happen. Uh, Matt Campbell is a great football coach. He is. And the Iowa State Cyclones are a program on the rise. This is the time. If they want to make their move, they got to make it right here. Um, the Oklahoma team is really good. they got a lot of questions, man. They got a lot of returning starters, but ain't nobody played to the type of physicality and expectations that we're that you and other people in the country are putting on them. Um, I said this adamantly yesterday. I do not believe in an Oklahoma team. Will not. And if I get burned on it, I'd get burned on it. But I could, you're getting burned on it. This but year. I can't, in good faith, say that Oklahoma's good. Now Oklahoma might win this game. I'd probably pick them to win this game in a very close contest. But. I don't think Oklahoma is the end-all, be-all, second, second or third national championship favorite in this country. I, I just don't feel it. They're the third-best team, and I, they may be the second. They, I would not be, have a problem with you putting them at second until you see what Bryce Young for Bama is. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. Will not be that guy. Probably will never be that guy. And if I get burned on it, I get burned on it. But I, I just can't in good faith you know, trust an Oklahoma team. You know, To begin the season – the number one, we all knew this was going to come up. In Charlotte, Clemson Tigers, Georgia Bulldogs. This, this, I mean, I might be speaking out of turn here, but this is a national championship game on week one. You know, both teams are capable of making it there. It's going to be a really interesting matchup, especially, you know, you know, with, you know, we've got the quarterback for Clemson, I can't say his name. DJ Uyongalole. Yes. I can spell it for you, too, if you I'm want. I'm good, but... <laughs> You know, he had one game last year where he lost to a really good Notre Dame team. I don't blame him for it. It and was not his fault, though. It's not his Threw fault. Threw for over 400 oh, yards, yeah, absolutely. four touchdowns. Played well. But that Notre Dame defense ain't this Georgia defense. It's going, if he does that against Georgia, it's a bad season already for the Bulldogs. He's going to throw for over 300. Oh, probably, yeah. And he's going to – he'll have three touchdowns. Oh, that I absolutely believe that. This is going to be a quarterback duel, I think. I think if – you know, we, we talk highly of JT Daniels in Athens, you know, here in the state of Georgia. But – He's got some great performances, but he doesn't have that really signature performance yet on his resume. We're going to need it to beat the Clemson Tigers week one. Um, I think 
I think our offensive line is going to be pretty good. I think our wide receiver. You better because somebody better block Brian Breezy from coming yeah, through that Yeah, Brian hole. Breezy can be Brian Breezy. He'll probably get two sacks that game, you know. But, you know, when you're Brian, when Brian Breezy's on the other side of the line and you let him have two sacks, you just kind of accept it and move on. I think the wide receivers are going to be the key to this game. I mean, Justin Ross and a couple other guys from Clemson, you know, they're studs. They're, they're, they're Clemson Tiger wide receivers. You know, they've produced a long line of historic, you know, wide receivers in college and in the NFL. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what our young defensive backs do against them. And kind of on the flip side, you know, Clemson's defensive backs are not well experienced either. And we're returning, you know, some really good wide receivers. Got some big transfers with Eric Gilbert. I know George Pickens is out, but Jermaine Burden's coming back. He had a great finish of the season. Arian Smith is probably the fastest dude in college football. Um, you've got, I mean, excuse me, Eric, you've got... I mean, we just lost Demetrius Robertson. Rosemary. That, Rosemary Sanat, uh, I believe is that guy's name. It's Laurent or Sanat. It's one of them. Um, D- Dominique Blaylock. People forget about Dominique Blaylock, but he's back now, and he. I think he's going to go on a tear. Um, but I'm really kind of banking on the JT Daniels signature performance that we're all kind of expecting. I don't know who I would take. I need to see closer and just, you know, kind of fill out where these teams are, but it's going to be close. I would take – I would take – if the spread was set at six or seven, I'd the take The spread that. is three and a half Clemson right now. And I might take the under on that. I mean, I think I think a field goal could really decide this game. Um, the guy on the daily wager said he actually would go Georgia plus three and a half right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you could. I mean, cause, But he also thinks that it's going to go up in Clemson's favor. I think so, too. Um, I definitely think so. Um Really good game. Talk about it. You know, you're kind of from like an outside point of view. You know, really dive into what's probably going to be the best game of college football before the playoffs this year. I'll give you some good news and bad news here. Bad news, Clemson's going to win by 10. Good news, season's not over for Georgia. Correct. But the, the first game of the year, it's not over for either team. They no. This. this is just a huge star-studded first game of the year. Absolutely. College football playoff, I feel like some years they don't even look at week four before. They'll look at this though. Yes, but the winner. I don't feel like they'll look at the loser much, though. They don't care about early losses near as much as late losses. Yeah, but, I mean, like, let's just say Clemson comes into Charlotte and blows Georgia out by 20. That's going to look bad. Yeah. If Georgia loses another game, they're gone. But if Georgia still wins out, they're in. I mean, yeah, I guess. but They are. This is – I don't see that. I just don't see Clemson coming in and dominating. The Georgia Bulldogs. Well, I'll one. tell you what. Their defense, now losing Kendrick, that is the only starter on defense they lose from last year. They return 10 of 11. Mm-hmm. They get Justin Ross, who is a top three wide receiver in the nation. Absolutely. Back. They have DJ Uyongole, who's just a stud. He is. I think this team, they lose ETM, but they've got that Will Shipley dude, the freshman. They've got uh, – I can't think of his name. His freshman last year, they're t- I'm hearing great things from him. I think this Clemson team is the best in the country and as of week come week one, they're the best in the country by far. Not knowing what Bama is yet, not knowing what Georgia is yet, not knowing if Oklahoma is I think they're legit, but not knowing if they are hundred percent legit. Oh I mean yeah not knowing what Ohio State is at quarterback. I think they're far and above the number one team in the country coming into week one. Yeah, but you know you're you're betting on, you know, what you've seen. And, and I know it's a risky bet, but I would be very shocked if we lost by double digits. We might lose. I'd probably pick us to lose, you know, unless, you know, I see some things come in camp. But to say and look, I think this Georgia team is a really good team. Don't get me wrong. 
This is but, probably the most talented team you've had since your national championship run in seven. But here's the problem. I, I'm not a JT Daniels firm believer. I'm not. I know. And I, until he proves me wrong, I never will be. I understand that. That's what. I'm, that's the same Look, reason. What I'm he calling. goes into Clemson and beats him. I'll agree he's a really good You just have to. Like, I don't know any way you couldn't. <laughs> but I'm not banking on that. Yeah, I know. But. So, next few weeks in college football, we'll start diving into our rankings and our Heisman picks and our playoff predictions. And uh, do you have a bold prediction before we leave? Mm, how accurate does it have to be? I mean, you went with something you just kind of felt was right. Not- well, it's bold. I'll tell you that. And this next one, I'll go ahead with mine. It's really bold. So the U.S. Open is this week. You, everybody who pays any attention to the sports world knows about the beef between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Absolutely. So I think this is bold. They are not grouped together in the Thursday or Friday groups. But come Saturday and Sunday, when they start getting based off of their scores, I think that Brooks and Bryson get paired together, and it's going to be so good to watch. Oh, Must watch TV. That would be if that happens. The ratings in the U.S. Open would almost double. You know, it was it's something that it would be like Kobe and LeBron playing in the finals that we never get to see. It's something yeah. of that stature, you know, to see them play together. If I, I had to pick a bold prediction, I had to pick a bold prediction. I would say George over Clemson, but I just don't know yet. I'll take the Hawks winning tonight. I, there's just – I don't know. I feel like we get a game one similar performance. I think Trey understands the significance. I'm not sold on Joel and Beats health. I'm not saying we win the series. I'm saying we win tonight. Give us a little more bold. How many points does Trey Young go for tonight? Oh, if you win, he goes for 33. All right, 33-plus and the Hawks win. You heard it here first. Yep, that's what's going to happen. All right, any last words? Um – Go get the bullpen help, please. Yeah, I'm not even going to say go Braves. Just go get help. 